Attention on deck. You're about to take command. Welcome to The Bunker with Andy and Freddy. Welcome everybody back to another episode of The Bunker. I, as always, am your host, Andy Burrows. I'm joined by my two amazing co-hosts, Mr. Andy Lockhart and Freddie Ham. Uh, good morning and good afternoon, boys. How are we? Yeah, I'm good, pal. How are you doing? I'm good, mate. I'm good. I'm good. Freddie, it's like 7am for you, bro. Yeah, yeah it is. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't had any coffee. You uh, still in bed? Voice is a little deep. <laughs> He's still sleeping. That's why he hasn't put his camera on. But hey, look, our time zone, <laughs> yeah. our time zone is nothing compared to our guest boys. This is nothing for us. It is absolutely awesome to welcome all the way from down under in Australia, Mr. Nick Eastman. Nick, how are you, brother? Good evening. Um, very good, Andy and Andy and Freddie. Good to good to hear from you all. Listen to your podcast many times, and uh, it's good to be here. Eleven p.m. on Sunday night. Yeah, no, this this truly does transcend how good this fan base is. We're in England, we got America, we got Australia. Nick, we gotta start with you, buddy. Me and Andy get asked this question all the time. How are you so far away and support Washington Commanders? You're even further away than us. How on earth did you become a Washington well say Redskins now Commanders fan? Well, it was Redskins, you know, from the start. It's a long story, Andy. Uh, but eighty-five. Right back in 85. So I was a little kid, you know, in primary school, you know, elementary school. And uh, back then, NFL in Australia, in, indeed, even probably now, was not that uh, popular, but had some expats come over here, uh, came back as Washington fans, showed me how it was. And 85, the first game I ever saw was the Bears Pats Super Bowl, so like January 1986, and hooked ever since. And, you know, late 80s, uh, they came from Washington. That's where they that these guys had come back from from Australia. And and uh that was about you know the highlight, the best of Washington at that time. So, you know, it was easy to get hooked on that team. Uh, obviously that's now not quite the same in terms of success, but it was pretty easy to get hooked back then. So that that's how it was. Yeah, wow. That I mean, that's incredible. I mean, what is it like being out in Australia watching games? I mean, what's the what's that? I mean, we have some weird time zones out there, but you must be okay. I, I've got a couple of followers in Australia. They message me and like they're watching games on a Monday morning, right? The Sunday afternoon games, Monday morning for you. Yeah, so like now it's pretty easy, you know. We we've got NFL League Pass, and um, me and my boys can watch every game, and and you know, best of all, we can watch every single Commanders game, which we've been able to do for the last six or seven years, which is cool. And and you know, we get up four five a.m. most Monday mornings to watch the games. That that's the one p.m. games in the U.S. Or if they're the you know the the four p.m. games that's easy that's eight o'clock in the morning and uh monday middle of the day is when the prime time games are on so that's pretty cool like if i can swing a day off work on monday that's the very best 
uh, historically. That pretty awesome. We need Actually, to move to Australia. Andy, we need no, to move I mean, to Australia, the, mate. The, yeah, so, you're not Because I'm all the time on Sunday night, especially if it's really good, or even like the playoff game last night, watching the Jags come back against the the Chargers, which was absolutely amazing. But I'm up late and I'm thinking, yeah, I got to get up early and record this podcast in the morning. And I'm like, shit, if I could do that, just, you know, chilling, lazing on a Monday afternoon, I'd like to do it. Yeah. So for me, Freddie, did you like, just do the worst Australian that accent was the ever, Aussie accent ever? Worst Aussie accent, Nick. I can only apologise. He does his English accent and he turns into an Australian. Yeah, as long as he's not going to call me a wanker, I've heard that. If <laughs> and you know, maybe it's justified. But go ahead, Freddie, if you like. But uh, uh, no, no, for us, like you know, I had some some mates, as we'd call them in Australia, over for a barbecue on on Sunday afternoon and we watched the Jags game. It was cool. Like that was midday, you know, kids are in the pool. It's 30 degrees or as you'd say in the U S like maybe 95 degrees and in the pool summer. That's cool. Like that's, that's the the way we do NFL here. Nick, you flew 10,000 miles to watch this team play this season. Uh, we were at the home opener. I know you were there later on in the season. What was that experience like for you and your family? I've seen some great pictures of you and your boys and your whole family at FedExville. I mean, for us, it was truly incredible. Like, you're, you're the same as us. You don't get to obviously travel over there. You're thousands of miles away. What was the experience like taking your family over to FedExville and watching a game? So I've got to say, number one, um, it's good to talk to you, Andy, because... I saw you at that Jags game, saw you on Twitter. That was cool. Saw you with Jason Wright out on the field. Really cool. You know, when you're from Australia, when you're from maybe the UK, Germany, places where you follow the NFL, but it's not big, you got to make a plan, you know? Mm -hmm. And so for me uh, and the boys, we made this plan a year ago. Like we knew. We were going to be there this weekend. And then we crossed our fingers and hoped that there was a good game. And then we waited because that Giants game, as you probably know, was either the Saturday or the Sunday. We didn't mm. know. And then it became the prime time game, which was <laughs> super cool because it had, oh, my God, I don't want to say it anymore, playoff implications. No. <laughs> yeah. You know, that was super cool. That was great. But we made a plan. Like, you know, that's a thing. If, if you live in Virginia or Virginia Beach or you live in D.C., and I can tell you another story like my brother used to do. Um, you know, you can you can get to the games. You can get to FedEx. You can do it. But for the likes of us, you know, like it's one off. I've been three times now, uh, twice with my boys, which is cool. And once on my own before that. But but three games at FedEx has been, you know, can I say, I hope my kids aren't listening, the highlight of my life, you know. These are big deals for mm-hmm. us to get across. As you say, you know, 17,000 kilometers, 10,000 miles to get across and watch these games. It's a, it's a big deal. And for us, you know, we go to the Giants game. Okay, we lose. And and do you want to point it out? Like, you know, the flag on Terry, the, the holding yeah. on Curtis at the end, all the bad calls. You can talk about all of that. And, and, and I'm not one of those MyPick fans that just says, you know, whatever happens, I'm cool. They were bad calls, but it was the experience of being there. Like, you know, we got front row tickets. We were behind the end zone. It was about the best. And that is a massive highlight for us. And the reasons we're fans, you know, to get across, to do it, it was as good as it gets. 
Yeah, I mean, Nick, just finishing up on a little bit of your fandom before we get into some football talk. What's the reaction with all your friends and your work colleagues and your family over there? I get it all the time. They're like, how is the NFL your main sport? Obviously, being over here in England, I mean, you've probably seen us all on social media. All we pretty much do is talk about Washington. OK, well, today I might be talking about Tottenham, as we're going to probably get beaten by Arsenal later on today. But um, mm-hmm. it's mainly the uh, NFL. What's the reaction amongst your like, your friends over there in Australia to you being such a huge NFL fan? Yeah, look, they don't understand it, to be honest. And and you know what pisses me off, Andy? And and I think you and, and Scouse will get this, but people say to me, oh, that game takes so long, mm. right? And, and you know, in Australia, like the, 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 the main football codes are rugby or rugby union, rugby mm-hmm. league, footy, uh, yeah. soccer. Cr- cr- cricket takes five days. AFL. That's the point <laughs> I'm about to make to you now, right? Five fucking – sorry. Five days, <laughs> seven hours, and they go, oh, no, it takes three hours. <laughs> like, seriously, the, the first game of NFL I ever watched was um, live was the Denver Broncos and the San Diego Chargers that actually came over here and played in the Olympic Stadium the year before Sydney hosted the Olympics. It was like a an opener to the mm-hmm. Olympic Stadium. So 1999, right? So the quarterback for the Chargers was like Jim Harbour. Junior Sayer was playing, Shannon Sharp. Shannon Sharp, in fact, is not popular in Australia because he said, oh, man, Australia's, Sydney sucks because it took me 20 minutes to get a taxi and oh, they wow. all put shit on him for it, right? So Shannon Sharp, let's not skip Bayless. It's unpopular here. It's Shannon Sharp. <laughs> oh, wow. Right? right? So it is not a popular sport here. And that, unfortunately, is what belies it. The fact that they think it takes so much time. I don't understand it. When cricket... The five-day sport is so popular here, but it just can't catch on. You know, like I've been a fan from the beginning. It's gotten a bit bigger. Unfortunately, maybe fortunately for others, sports gambling has maybe brought it online a little bit more for a lot of people, but it still does not remain popular and it really needs to crack it here. You know, so me and my boys are a bit different. We've got family members that, and as I said before, you know, uh, um, people that we know that brought it to us. And that's caught on for us, but we're in the minority here. And I reckon, you know, you guys know, like Scouse and, and Andy in particular, Freddie maybe, but Aussies, right? We are sports fans. Mm-hmm. Like, and this is, as I say to many people, like this is significant chess with 300 pound men, mm-hmm. right? This is like an intellectual sport that if you understand it is about as good as it gets. And the excitement that goes with it is everything, you know, mm. better than soccer, better than football, right? And if it can just catch on and Oz, I'm hoping we're getting there. Mm. Not sure we are, but I reckon maybe we're hitting the tide now that sports gambling's hit, you know, maybe enough people will say, okay, that's cool. I can get into it for that reason, but understand and appreciate the beauty of the sport. Mm, yeah, most definitely, yeah, most definitely. Be, being Commanders fans, I'm not sure. Like most people get on the bandwagon of the the, the Chiefs or, you know, you know that the Pats in particular are, are pretty strong here. There ain't many Commanders fans. <laughs> but, hey, you know, they've got to see the beauty of it. And one of the beauties of this sport, as you guys would all know, is getting behind your team. Sometimes yeah. when they're suffering for, I don't know, what, 30-plus years, but... That's the thing. You got to get behind them, and and that can be part of the beauty of it as well. 
Uh, most definitely, Nick. Nick, it's great to hear about your fandom. And I know for, I've got many Australian mates and I know that sport is huge over there. I mean, one day you might even be as good as us at cricket. You never know. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, 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 haven't won an Ashes, Ashes over there for uh, 25 years. I know. So, I, went for, I went for years growing up of us seeing getting beat by Australia. See, I went, I go to all the games and over here and, then, you know, we've been really good. At, we are quite good at cricket at the minute, but I don't bulge. Anyway, uh, Nick, let's get into some football <laughs> chat. Since myself, Freddie and Andy last recorded... Um, and I know Andy's over the moon about this. Uh, our offensive coordinator, Scott Turner, uh, was fired. Uh, Nick, let's start with you before we get Andy and Freddie's opinion. I mean, we've been saying it for weeks and weeks and months and months now that, you know, something had to change in Washington. And, and a lot, to be fair, a lot of people have said, well, you know, if the team wasn't getting sold, it'd be the head coach that's gone. I mean, what's your views on Scott Turner going and just in general of the whole organisation now the season's done? Well, I mean, you know, we all want change for the reason that change is going to bring you something good, right? And that uh, change is necessary because, you know, failure's been there in the past. And I think we all know Ron's not going to go. Like you can't, if the team legitimately and realistically is for sale, it's very unlikely that decisions are going to get made. And I don't need to tell you guys this, and I don't need to tell the fans this. Everybody knows this. Targo Ted said it last week. You guys have said it talking to each other last week. It's very unlikely there's going to be a head coach change beforehand. So the, the, that's when you've got to say, well, why did they get rid of Turner? Right? That's what interests me the most. Right? Why did Scott go? And, and, you know, we look at it amongst ourselves and go, well, you know, the guy was too smart for himself. Why would you call the flea flicker on, you know, second and nine or whatever it was? Uh, in the Cleveland game, and 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 we all say, well, you know, he's outsmarting himself, and and he had to go. But but mind you, we're the same guys that in week two, maybe week three, were saying, my God, Jack's got to go. How bad is our defense? And now we're the third ranked defense. So like, that's the way that a fan base reacts. But why did Scott go? Why did Turner get sacked when the team's up for sale and there's otherwise going to be a keep the status quo. Let's not move things around at the moment. That's what's really interesting to me. I don't know the answer to that. Be keen to hear what you guys say. Keen to hear what the fans say. Yeah, uh, we'll let Andy go first because he's, uh, Andy, I know I had visions of you doing cartwheels when we heard that uh, news on Monday yeah, I morning. Happy. Yeah, I was pretty <laughs> happy about it. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. Um, I, th- I think because he had the, he had so much talent on offense that and he couldn't get these guys producing more than 18, 19 points per game. I think that's what it is. And he's had three yeah. years, don't forget as well, you know, to, to actually instill his offense. And his offense isn't hasn't been producing. I, mean, I know I know he's got a poor offensive line, but again, I know that's down to Ron mostly, you know, with the, with the, with the talent and, you know, trying to get those guys in, you know, uh, free agents and draft and whatever. But for me, it's... He, 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 he can't call a good game and when he does it's kind of one and then it's like five awful games straight after do you know what I mean so he's, he's, he's very very inconsistent and as you mentioned before he tries to outsmart himself I think sometimes and he just isn't at the level that we need for the guys that we've got if that makes sense Um, he, he, he'd probably be a good head coach um, good offensive coordinator in college or something like that but here it's not. He, he, he makes the um, the quarterbacks uh, that his scheme actually makes quarterbacks um, 
very, very difficult for the quarterback to understand the actual verbiage and what the actual things are about because he doesn't use no X, Y, Z, you know, as like the receivers. He uses like one, he uses numbers, one, two, three. So when the quarterbacks are growing up, they don't, they're not used to that at all. So when they come to, to us, even Fitzmagic, who's like a Harvard graduate, by the way, ultra smart, he struggled with it. He said, this, this, this is not a, put, a drop in the quarterback system and he can just run with it straight away. He was struggling to learn it himself. Um, you know, it's it's not he's he's just not quarterback friendly coach. It's as simple as that. So he he needs to go. <clears throat> Freddie, yeah, where but, are you, man? Uh, sorry, go on, Nick. Go on, Nick. After you, my friend. I was just gonna I was just gonna ask you. I was like, uh, that's that's a uh, an analysis that I can really relate to. But like, what I don't understand is that when you're running a I don't know uh, a run to pass one offense, which is what they seem to be doing when they were successful in the back end of the year, you know, when they, when they had a run of good games, why did he change it? You know? And why did he change it when Carson came back? That's what I don't understand. Like what's in the guy's head, but if you got a system, I don't, I don't know, like having a discussion with my brother, my brother, you know, Aussie uh, used to live in Washington for a long time. Another one of the reasons I follow the team now in Manila working in another job, we text each other. And I said to him today, like Brock Purdy, is he a product of the system? Like, are they good enough to just go, we've got good players, I don't care how bad you are as Mr. Irrelevant, or is he that good? Like, can't you have a system quarterback in, in D.C. that just fits in with a good offensive coordinator or a good team around them? We don't seem to do that. Like, we always seem to be a plan B team. You know, mm. so I'm yeah, just keen to hear what you say. About we always, we, we always do seem to like go to like a, you know, we always, we, you're right there with the Plan B thing. It's like, well, mm. I, I think I messaged yesterday. It's like I'm, I, when all this like the Sam House uh, chat started, and everyone's like, well, we just need to go and get Derek Carr. We've got, I'm, I'm sick and tired of like veterans or has-beens or people that have been plan around B, the league. Man, it's plan yeah, B. why, why don't mm. draft someone? Never to play him. I know we're going to kind of get back to Scott in a minute, but it comes down to having the man there to do that job. And we, and we, you know, and I, I wasn't Scott Turner's biggest fan. And in a way, I'm, I'm glad he's gone. I think he kind of got him talked himself out of a job, really, or with the play calling out of a job. But you can't have the amount of quarterbacks we've had and expect it to be all rosy in the garden. It is Washington because we keep, we keep churning them over. Whether it be Fitzmagic, whether it be Alex Smith, whether it be Taylor Heineke, whether it be Carson Wentz. You know, now Sam Howe's going to come in. I mean, this time next season, we, we. we could be sitting here talking about well you know somehow had the first four games and then we had to bring in i mean who's taylor heineke's probably not going to be here next season so who the hell is going to be sam house back up you're not going to get a, a car coming to the building and he's not going to want to compete for a job he's going to want to start so it's a very critical time mm -hmm. for washington and i think scott was he was the full guy and i think if we weren't being taken over then ron rivera probably would have gone but like tailgate ted said last week and like you pointed out nick with the ownership thing that's probably why ron is still our head coach and you know he's gonna he's gonna ride this ship of whatever it's gonna be whoever comes in whoever takes over there's gonna be some transition and you're gonna need someone there that has been around for a while and knows what he's doing a la Ron Rivera a la Jason Wright a la oh, the Hernies and stuff like that you're gonna need these people so for me Scott Turner was I think he was gonna lose his job anyway but I think if the roles had been reversed and Dan Snyder was staying that that speaks volumes to me that he's definitely selling because Dan Snyder of old would have got to the end yeah, of the season them all. he mm. would have gone you're all going you're not not Scott you're going Ron you're going sorry Jack I know you you know you turn this defense around but you're still part of this you're out as well so I don't know that's where I am but Freddie since we recorded my friend like we said Scott Turner has gone uh what you know out your 
there are lots of reports coming out in Washington now saying, you know, we've come out and said that Sam Howell is going to be our guy going forward. So we are going to approach someone with that in mind as Sam Howell as our coordinator. Where are you sitting right now? Because I feel like we've been here many times where it'd be offensive coordinator, head coach, you know, defensive coordinator. Like like Nick says, it's it always seems to be plan B in Washington. What is going to be plan A for this season coming up now in September? Yeah, no, I think plan A is what a lot of people after watching, you know, the one game uh, want, you know, especially as fans and people who have been clamoring for Sam Howell all year. It's a very, very, very small sample size. But, you know, the thing the thing that spoke to me and I think the thing that was most concerning for a lot of people, myself included, was the moment being too big you know, or how just, you know, looking horrible. I mean, he, he made some rookie mistakes. He threw the prettiest ball I've seen all year from any Washington quarterback. I mean, any, anybody who was watching the game, I mean, just a casual fan watching the game could see that. I mean, dude can freaking spin it. And so, so he's got the arm, right? So he's got the arm and he doesn't have a lot of, you know, horrible tendencies that when, when you get later on your career, you can unteach and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, it's, it's great. You know, he's got, uh, he's got uh, arm talent, you know, as good or, or, or better because he's younger than, than Carson Wentz. And he's got some mobility like Taylor Heineke had. Um, and he needs, again, he needs coaching. He needs someone to not ruin him while he's young. <laughs> and I, I, I really think what's coming out is, is, is less, you know, Sam Howell's the guy you got to roll with. And this is, it. I think really what it is, is them telling offensive coordinators, look, we have a guy in the building that we think we can groom to be our franchise quarterback. And that is, you know, item number one. Can you do that? This is what we want to do. We've spent too many assets. We've spent too much money. We've done too many, again, plan B, plan C. Oh, we got to go out and we got to get this veteran and free agency that we got to overspend for that other teams don't want. Or we're going to trade away the future so that we can move up to get a quarterback who gets hurt or whatever the case may be. So it's like, we got a guy, he's young, he's got a lot of talent, he's on a rookie contract, what can you do with this? And on, on, on top of that, we have all these pieces around you for you to have creativity in your offense and pretty much do whatever it is you want to do. But hey, listen, we want to beef up this offensive line. The Washington Commanders, Washington football team, Washington Redskins, since the 1980s, have tried to, and when we have been successful, had the identity of being the smash mouth run team, and then we can open it up, you know what I mean, in the offense. And Sam Howe, with his with his big arm and his mobility, we can do that, right? So I think really it's a matter of it's getting us to where we're going to have the right person. Now, what gives me pause, all right, is making sure that we get the right OC and that we don't make a lateral move at coach in the way that we have done before with personnel. And what I mean by that is, okay, we got rid of Scott Turner. I, I think it's a, it's a bit of scapegoating, but I certainly don't think he deserved to keep his job. Uh, and I agree with everything that Scouse said about the inconsistency was the biggest thing. Did he drop some good plays? Sure. Did he call some good games? Sure. Did he call good, you know, stretches of plays? Absolutely. But did he outsmart himself more often than not? Did he call some horrible games? I mean, it's just like it's it's like you know what are you what are you gonna get? It was like playing the lottery, and it's even worse than that. It's like putting all the plays into a hat and then picking one out and saying, "Oh, this is working. I'm going to do something else because they know that I know that they know that I know that I know that they know <laughs> that they know that I know the play that I'm going to call." So. You know what I mean? It's it's like the uh, if you ever seen the movie The Water Boy, it's like Coach Klein when he's drawing up the play. He's like he fakes to the left. No, no, no. 
he fakes to the right. No, he doesn't fake. He thinks about faking. He <laughs> pretends to fake. And it's like is Scott Turner doing this shit in his head. I mean, you know. But what I what I'm saying though, as far as the the lateral move thing, the point that I'm making is I don't want to then move to another OC that nobody wants, or that one of the issues that I have, I think a lot of people have and have had for a long time now. And, you know, I think Ted mentioned it last week and I've had, um, I think, uh, I think Scott, Scott Abraham mentioned it uh, before is that, you know, Ron has done a really good job of shifting the culture, which is something we really wanted. And we've got a really, really solid group of players. But what is concerning to me after a while, especially like I saw that, you know, we wanted to talk to Jim Caldwell and, and Caldwell you know, wants a head coaching job and that's, that's fine, whatever. But, you know, so many coaches just kind of, you know, they'll sit on their resume of what they've done and that's fine. But I feel like the NFL is so dynamic and you don't often see championships won from coaches who had won a long time ago. The Mm. game sort of passes them by. I would rather have someone, have someone young, with some new ideas, some innovative ideas, who's not afraid of change. That's another thing too. When you get coaches who have been in this a long time, they kind of, they get set in their way and they get set in their system. This is what we do. This is how we do it. We're gonna, people are going to get square peg fitting into a round hole. Because that's what we do. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. I, I here's really a, think. Here's a question you know, then. Would be, would be good. Here's a question. Nick, I'll put this to you, my man. You're our guest. Um, do you think it's going to be hard for us to attract a new offensive court? I'm not, not hard because everyone's going to want a job in the NFL, but with the lingering ownership stuff coming up, they might be thinking, well, I could take this job. And then a new owner could come in, want to bring in maybe a new head coach. A new head coach is then going to want to bring in a, his own probably offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator. How much thinking do you, how much do you think that will play into our, to a new coach's thinking? Look, don't get me wrong. People are going to want a job in the NFL. They're going to want to start a job in the NFL. But with everything going on behind the scenes still at Washington, till that's all done and dusted, how much do you think that could play a factor? Yeah, you know what? I don't think very much. And the reason I say that is because, you know, I just think in the ordinary corporate world in which I work, right, is that, you, you know, one of the main things you can do as a executive is make sure you employ the right people, right? And I reckon there's enough people out there sticking their hand up, you know? You go, oh, I want Kellen Moore or, you know, you want these sorts of guys. I don't think that's going to happen. I think they're going to probably recruit from internally. The quarterbacks coach is what they're talking about at the moment, uh, Sam Pizzi and these sorts of guys, like, there's probably enough guys that you can pick from that can do the job. So I'm not sure that they're going to pick an innovator that's just like out of the box and that's what they're going to do. So I don't know that the systems are going to change so much. And Scott Turner, look, you know, so much of the NFL that I see that it's, it, it smacks of nepotism. And the reason I say that is because you see the same names all the time, mm-hmm. right? You know, and, and everyone... <laughs> You know, I thought it was real funny last year when we saw, you know, uh, uh, McVeigh and, and and these guys like that. You know, these are all ex in all ex Redskins guys, but all of them like Turner. You know, they're all ex guys that have connections to the team, and so maybe you just want to break free from that, find out the guy that's going to fit the system the best, 
But maybe that, that a guy like Ron has got to work out what the system really is before you employ the guy that is. So that's the important part. The guy that picks you has got to say, oh, I'm not just necessarily giving you free reign. I'm picking you to run the system that we want to run. And do they mm. want to be a pound the rock? You know, fine. If they are, like if you are, you've got B-Rob, you've potentially got AG next year. Go for it, you know? If that's what you're going to be, but pick something and run with it. Oh, I'm not I sure that's what's going to happen. Because that's I think, I think it's quite really hard been... though, isn't it? I think I think that's hard, isn't it? For, because of uh, Ron is a defensive-minded guy. So he, he really is trusting the offensive coordinator to basically do the whole whole offense so uh, and he's trust and he's trusted Scott turn for way too long and, and it's going to cost him his job as well but um I think that's so so great uh, great idea uh, what you what you mentioned but I just think he won't he won't he, he, he can't do it because he just hasn't got that kind of innovative knowledge of offense really I think you know um but don't you so scouts don't you pick the guy that you think that can do it but you pick the guy that can suit the system I'm not sure. And I, mm. I love the not, you know, but, but what I mean and, is and, there's no there might not be any system. That's what I mean. If if you if you've already got exactly the exactly what I'm saying to you. Is is mm. there a system? Is, mm. is there a like we want to say, I'll oh, pound the rock, you know, two and one. Mm. Like that's what we're gonna do. And and for a period of the year, that's what we did. But is that really what our team is? And if it is, great, go for it. But pick the goddamn guy that suits that scheme. Mm-hmm. And it has to go sure around you because Scott Turner isn't that. Scott Turner is a, a deep ball guy. Mm-hmm. That's all he's yeah, ever yeah. wanted to do. But so, that's why so they need making, to get making him run sorry. it. Was you're making him run it all the time, even though he won that way against Philly, for mm-hmm. example. You know where we just dominated them for the whole whole game. He does. He he feels like he's being reined in himself. He feels like he needs to do something ex, like expressive, something amazing, and he doesn't. Mm-hmm. Keep it simple. We've got good players. Do you know what I mean? But. Yeah, but that's where you have to. That's where you. That's where you tailor it around whoever the guy is handing the ball and who is throwing the ball. That's why I don't want to get it. I don't want to be here in July, August, and I'm still sitting there going, "We still don't know who QB one is," because we've been there so many times. I remember doing a podcast with Carl over at the Burgundy Zone probably two and a half years ago, and we were on like the second week of August, and we'd done a show, still not knowing who was going to be QB. And you're like, "That's you can't have a system in Washington until you know." I mean, that's what. Yeah, if, can, like, if, can I ask you something else? Both Andy's is yeah. like. You think back, like, I actually think personally we drafted really well last year, right? Really well, right? And you think about how we picked up Hal and and, and how we did that with the extra picks by trading back. That was all Mm -hmm. awesome. But if you're a pound-the-rock team and you get B-Rob in the third round, do you really pick Jahan? Mm. Like, do you really pick him when you do? Yeah. Do you you really have a team with Terry, Jahan, and and Curtis? Like, do you spend that money? Is that a pound-the-rock team? I mean, that, to, people me, are... that, to me, to me, there's no consistency that you can uh, yeah, really exactly pick yeah, yeah. in the way that they're doing things. I'd love there to be. I'd love there to be consistency. And maybe for smart guys that know way more than me, especially like down here, you know, seventeen thousand kilometers away in Australia, <laughs> it probably is, or probably are many of them. But to me, I don't see it. I don't see it, and I don't see how other fans see it as well. I don't see the consistency, and I desperately want that consistency, which is why. I want to see a clear plan A. And there hasn't mm. been a clear plan A in this team, except for when we drafted those two QBs back in 2012, right? Yeah. That, that well, was when there was a clear I, plan A. I, I think it's all about finding that fine balance as well. Because like many people have said, and we've said it, and God knows every Washington fan, we've got great weapons. You know, we do have great weapons, but it's finding it. And I think both, I think if we throw throwing the ball and running the ball, I think we've got some of the best weapons that we've had in years. We go back to like the D-Jacks days and stuff like that, when we had really good offensive weapons, you know, um, 
I think it's so important now that we get this off-season right and finding that balance. Because if we screw this up again, if we sit here again this time next season, going, oh, well, we you know, we won. Let's not forget, Ron Rivera hasn't won more than eight games since he's been here per season. So this is huge for us off the field as an organisation. It's huge for Ron Rivera. We have to get this draft spot. And like you said there, Nick, uh, he's drafted well last year. I mean, I put out a tweet, I think, last week, and maybe I worded it wrong, saying, do we trust Ron Rivera to draft again? I think we trust him to draft again. It's just where we go after that. Once the draft's done, and everything, we need to get a system in place, which involves obviously getting a new offensive coordinator. We need to get... Every, we've got... We've got bits and we've got bits and pieces here, there, everywhere. You know, we've got great offensive weapons. Our defense is like in the top five of the league. We need to bolster that O line, and this should be NFL page one. You know, get your offensive. You know, if you can't protect the guy either the, handing off the, the game ball, starts or throwing the ball, in the trenches, man. It really starts does. in the trenches. If you can't protect the guy throwing the ball or hand, if you can't get it for B Rob, if you can't get them holes open for him, you don't want him running two to three yards. You want you know, you want. And this is what I don't scouts, understand. Scouts, where are our trenches, man? Where are our trenches? Our trenches are on the D-line, and we have a friggin' awesome D-line, right? Yeah. And where are our trenches offensively? Where are our trenches offensively? PFF said a year ago, you know, when we had Flowers Mm. and these guys who drifted off into obscurity. Well, Sheriff didn't want to be here. I don't want to talk about Trent. I don't want to talk about Sheriff. (laughs) I don't want to talk about those guys that we've lost. But, like, where are the trenches? So is that what well, we Well, the do? offensive line isn't. There, there is no trenches. That's the reason why the every quarterback struggled. Yeah. And that's exactly... And that's it. That's why we need to do the whole... We need to read the whole line, to be honest. Mm. Um, right. Maybe keep Cosme. I'd, he'd be the only guy I'd keep. Everybody else can go if they want. Do you know what I mean? So... Um, but it's very difficult to get four starting guys all together and then mesh them together to make sure that you play well for for, for game one. Can, can, I just, can I give you one Aussie perspective? Charles Leno... Mm. No doubt you're not listening, but if you were, you're a bonza bloke. That's what we'd say in Aussie. You're a fucking bonza bloke, right? That's what I'd say to you. I'm not sure I want you on my left-hand side, but you know what? You're uh, a Nick's bloke, speaking my and language. I have you for Walter Payton Man of the Year, right? But we mm. need guys in the trenches, scows, as you just mm. said, man. Mm-hmm. And, and is that what we do, you know? Do, do we play do. like San Francisco? Do we say we've got a number three defense? And we do. Mm. TFF says we're going to number three defense in the league. Do we say we can drop these guys in now? You know, is that what you do? Is that, I, I think you guys were saying it last week. Do we just say, let's run with how let's, let's spend our extra 28, 30 mil that we've got in not spending money on Wentz and getting an O line and then drop a guy in, give how a go. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. You guys know better than me, but an O line, my God. You know, mm. Lamar's never coming here without an O-line. Derek right? Carr's not coming. No one's coming here without an O-line. not coming here without an O-line. Exactly. Well, that's exactly. It. exactly. Right. I mean, if I'm Carr, I'm going, well, do I want to get killed every, every other play? Mm. No, of course you don't. So, But we did. We had a top 10 O-line one year ago, according to PFF, right? And we mm. don't anymore. So what do you do? What mm. do you do? Got to yeah. replace no it and replace it no with brainer. bums. That's what happened. That's what happened. We replaced it with two guards that are bums. And that was the problem. Yeah. We lost Flowers because uh, he. I think he just doesn't want to play anymore for anybody. He's not. He's not playing for any team now. Um, no, no. And then I was just sheriff. Sheriff was an all pro guard, but injury prone, but a quality guy. And the thing is, he never wanted to stay here. No, we had to tag him twice to keep him. Do you know what I mean? So he, he never wanted to stay, and he took a deal that was less than what we offered him to go to Jags. 
So, uh, so it shows how much he wanted out. So yeah, and, um, and, and we don't need to talk about Trent and Bruce Allen, do we? So you know, <laughs> yeah. no, yeah. don't get Freddie started on that. Oh, we're forgetting Morgan yeah, Moses, sorry, guys. Morgan Moses, yeah, no, yeah, Morgan yeah. Moses. He's, he's been great this year as well. Yeah, we've let so many good people go. Uh, but guys, let's mm. uh, wrap up this show. It's nearly Monday morning for Nick, so we better let him get some sort of sleep before he has to get up for work. But um, we put a little tw- uh, tweet out on um, the Bunker uh, page that we're going to do this throughout all throughout the off-season. We're just going to talk about random different things. Uh, GWR, Nick, you, you can take this one before we let you get out of it, brother. He says... Um, where are you with the stadium situation? He said that obviously the RFK site would be perfect. I mean, we've all had opinions on this. Uh, he says, I'm noticing Amazon are building a massive HQ in Arlington. I mean, Freddie, you might know more about that. Um, he said he's drawing nothing from it at all. Where would you like the new stadium to be? And is the site of RFK perfect? We've talked about this endlessly. I mean, we were very fortunate enough to sit in Jason Wright's office and talk to him about this, myself and Scouse and a few other fans. I think everyone within the building would love it to be in D.C. I mean, I know it's going to be it's going to be high on the agenda for our new owner, whoever that may be. Um, what are your views, Nick? Just as a fan, you grew up in the 80s, so you know RFK. You know the stories of what great stadium that was. Myself and Andy, we took a trip down there. We even tried to sneak in where I, I got escorted out by a security guard while trying to get into um to RFK. But what are you what are your views, Nick, on the on the future stadium of the uh, Washington Commanders? So let me say a couple of things. The first one is the power of a good stadium is significant, right? And um, the I think I said to you guys before, the very first NFL game I ever saw was when the Olympic Stadium was opening in Sydney. So 1999, the year before Sydney hosted Olympics, Denver Broncos, San Diego Chargers came down here and played, right? So that's the power of a stadium. You get, I don't know, what's the infrastructure to get 53, 53 players and all the coaching staff to come down here to Australia. That's the power of a stadium. I've been to RFK um, zero times, unfortunately. I've been to FedEx three times. Would I like to see the games at RFK, the old RFK, for the proximity to DC, for the, you know, the the fandom of what that means? Absolutely. But it's a federal land piece of land, you know? from, From my perspective, from my corporate work here in Australia, I understand how difficult it is to do that. So we need a good owner that's got the ability to negotiate with a DC state, Maryland, Virginia, I don't know who, but the ability to negotiate with these guys and to do the deal, is that down? Never. And we know hopefully we're, well, sorry, we know we're probably moving on from that. Is that whoever's going to take over? We've got no idea. Mm. But but do we want to bring it back to RFK? Yeah. You yeah. know? From my perspective, and I think this will piss a few people off, I love FedEx. And you know why? I don't give a shit if it's the 32nd-ranked stadium in the NFL. I've been there three times, including a couple of weeks ago, and it is one of the highlights of my life to be there. We right? should that, we That's should what's that. important to me. Could mm. it be like Mercedes-Benz Stadium and SoFi and all of those awesome places? I'm sure it would be a hell of a lot better for me. But being there is what counts for me. But to get the fandom back, it's got to be better. And it needs mm. to be a hell of a lot better than FedEx. And if it's at RFK and they can negotiate to spend the money to build it there, that's what's got to happen. Do I think yeah. it's going to happen? 
Nobody knows. Yeah, Nobody I, knows. I mean, there's potential to obviously develop FedEx from what the understanding from what we when we were speaking to people over in DC, you know, around the and the problem is with FedEx. Obviously, Nick, you know this. We all know we've all been there. Um, there's not much around FedEx. You know, I've been to other end of even when you come to Wembley Stadium. You know, there's so much to do around Wembley Stadiums, bars, restaurants, everything. You know, the tailgating is obviously not as good over here, but it's still quite up to a good standard you know you look at other nfl stadiums around around america you know there's so much going on fedex is literally the parking lot into the stadium that is but like when we were speaking to jason and when i spoke to julie in the past and plenty of people that we spoke to said look there is potential if we wanted to do something at fedex to get the infrastructure up to where it needs to be but does that appease a fan base that say, look, we don't want our team stuck all the way out there. We want our team to be in in DC if possible. And I agree with him. You know, I'd, I'd be devastated if my, if my if Tottenham, if Tottenham up sticks and moved up North and Andy the same, if Liverpool decide, you know, we're going to move 200 miles down the road. It, it's, it, you have to look to how you're going to appease your fan base, but that is a lot well, easier. You, said you tell done. me, Andy, like, um, uh, JP Finley occasionally says that the, the congressional guys in that, that sit in Virginia, are saying they're going to move it, I don't know, 100 miles down south on the Potomac in Virginia. Like, mm. you you guys, maybe Freddie, I don't know, you live down there, but, like, is that what's going to be? Is is that what's going to satisfy fans? To me, as an international, 17,000 kilometres or 17, sorry, 16,580 kilometres, does it make any difference to me? No. <laughs> yeah, same enough. It's make yeah. a difference to you <laughs> yeah, guys. Same with them yeah, it will. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it will. Mm-hmm. And, yes. and that's what's important, you know, to have a fan base. Like, you know, my kids were saying it today. You know, my 14-year-old boy, you've seen him on the on the Twitter photos. He was saying, Dad, I want to go to Buffalo, you know, because I want to mm. tailgate there. I, I want to see it. I want to be at that stadium because of what it means. And mm. that's mm. not what, at the moment, FedEx means mm. to our fans. I want that to be different. Mm. RFK was different, you know. I watched those games in the 90s and the 80s. Mm. Right? Can we do that again? I don't know. Fingers crossed, man. And the thing yeah, is, really I think hard. we need we need to have our identity back. You know, under they were called Washington, aren't we? Mm. Our team should be in Washington. It's as simple as that. Yeah, yeah. It's as no. simple as that. We're not called the Maryland bloody Commanders, are we? Or <laughs> Land Landover Commanders? No, no, we're not. Do you know what I mean? So we need we need to get back in DC. It's as simple as that. Yeah. Can I make that one last point to you, Scouts, as well? <laughs> and and to Andy is like, you know, I have love this team my whole life but i didn't support them because of jack kent cook mm-hmm. right that's what i heard target ted say last week mm-hmm. and i love that point that yeah. resonated with me and, and and if you think about jack kent cook he wasn't a great guy you know he wasn't <laughs> Pat McGandy or <laughs> he was dan Teresa, snyder you know, he like... was dan snyder before dan snyder yeah yeah so if if dan sells his team right Maybe we're gonna not say, oh, we need like the savior to come on board. We just need someone that supports it. We need someone to spend the mm. money. You know, this this guy they're talking about that owns and, and you guys know this, I don't know much about soccer, but the guy that owns Chelsea, they're talking about him coming on board. Please. You know, no. if he does yeah. it and he spends the cash. Yeah, look, he doesn't want him. No, no. No, yeah, no, no, you, I can see no, that. Nick, I can see the you... antipathy there. Trust but me. I... I just want someone that comes and supports the team. I don't yeah. care who I've got I am I've got a lot of a lot of my friends are Chelsea fans and I know a little bit about this guy. Trust me, you think Dan Schneider's bad. You don't want this guy anywhere near your organisation. Yeah, but no, Freddie... no, I'm not saying I do. I uh, want someone who yeah. supports the club. Yeah, Freddie, are you getting ready to play us? Freddie, are you are you just getting ready to play us a song? I see you've got your guitar out there. What, what are you doing? Uh, th- th- this is this is for Nick. 
And, okay. And Nick, I, I got to tell you real quick. I got some... You're not going to play the scene tune to Neighbours or something, like No, I, I, got, okay. I got some family. I wouldn't, I wouldn't know it, Andy. I got some family in Brisbane. And cool. uh, I've never made it to Australia. I've always wanted to, uh, to visit. It's, it's on my list of places to visit. And, of course, some of my favorite very favorite artists are from Australia as well. There's a really, really famous band from Australia. I don't know if you probably heard of them, but uh, oh, what's, what's the name of that band? Yeah. Oh, it starts with an A. Starts with an A. High voltage TNT. <laughs> <laughs> My AACDC. Akadaka. <laughs> yeah, we can't hear you. Freddie's playing, but we can't. <laughs> Freddie, we can't hear you. Freddie strongly. You know, we just got a headbang. With yeah, you. we're just going to pretend that we can hear you playing yeah, your yeah. guitar, Freddie. But you know, yeah, this is an audio <laughs> podcast, so people are just sitting there now thinking, well, "Yeah, it's us lot looking at Freddie strumming his guitar." But Nick, it's been absolutely <laughs> tremendous to have <laughs> you on. Our pod. Yeah, <laughs> Freddie strumming something. It's early in the morning out there. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. But Nick, it's been amazing to have you on our podcast, my man. Uh, we'll definitely get you back on the show. I mean, have you got any plans to attend more games next season? I know we're going with me and myself, Andy, and a few other guys are probably going to be doing the home opener again. That's pretty much the plan for us to uh, to attend again. Uh, me and me and Scott Hartley are now season ticket holders. So if you ever needed a ticket, Nick, there's one ticket going for you. We, we Me and uh, Hartley have bought a season ticket at the Washington Commanders. And we're going to donate it to people who might not be able to go to games games people with kids who maybe can't attend games you know me and scott aren't going to use it but it's just something that we wanted to do so nick it'd be great if we could see you out at fedex my man so if you ever did make it out there there's a ticket waiting for you brother awesome andy can i and i can i say to, to you guys in particular but any of your listeners anytime you are ever in australia come here for a breakfast br brisket on a monday morning because that's what i'll make you and we'll watch the nfl together no, oh, mate. Yeah, I might just Sweet. come. We Sweet. need to go. Yeah, we need to go to Australia to watch the late game, Andy. We can just, you know, spend, yeah. stand up till three in the morning. Because I, I don't mind drinking beers at five a.m. So uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's eight o'clock in the evening somewhere. But I've always wanted to go. I've got. I've always. It's been my. It's on my bucket list to go and watch England play cricket in Australia. I've got a lot of Aussie mates who tell me I have to do. It. I want to go to Sydney to watch England play. A year and a, a, year and a half, mate. And and I'm a member of the SCG, so. Come okay. on down, Andy. I'll take you there. Okay, Nick. Me and you are definitely going to stay in touch. But Nick, just before you go, tell our listeners where they can find you, my man. What's your Twitter handle, and uh, where can they reach out to you, brother? So it was just at Commanders in Oz, and uh, get on, get in contact with me. If you're ever in Australia, you're all welcome. Oh well, Nick's gonna have about ten thousand people turn up to his house, and because <laughs> it's like it's, it's it's so hot out there, it's so hot out there. But Freddie, thanks for getting up so early, my man. Let's do this all again next week. We promise not to get you out of bed at seven o'clock on a Sunday morning. Oh yeah, oh and real quick, real quick, while we still have Nick on, because we got a we had a fan question come in, and this was interesting because I had to do a little bit of quick research. Who is the best American professional? Excuse me, American football player from australia Great okay question. so that's a Great that's a question. really good question uh so colin scotts was our first one who actually played uh in the 80s right but our guy our actual guy was um the punter for the san diego Chargers in the 1990s darren bennett he was an australian rules football player and he's the reason the Chargers came down and played that game in 99 right but now there's Aussies everywhere. In fact, there was one for the for the Redskins, right? Which was Savrocka. Um, Savrocka, right? But Michael, in, in fact, today I was watching 
you know, Michael Dixon against Mitch Wisnowski. They're both from Melbourne, right? They're both Aussies, right? The two punters. So punting is a thing in Oz, but we've got a few guys that are starting to come through. Jordan Mayalata, who's, you know, boo NFC East. He's on the other line. Yeah. Uh, Adam <laughs> Gutsis Eagles, a couple right? years ago, defensive end. Right. And 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 for the Jags, what's the guy who uh who's the D line? So there's there's a couple of guys coming through that aren't punters as well. But having Aussies in the NFL is pretty rare and starting to change. A bit like the NBA, like we had Luke Longley. Luke Longley, if you remember, was the center for the Bulls in the 90s with Jordan and Pippen and those guys. And and he was the only guy, in fact, the first guy. And now there's Aussies all over the NBA, right? And so in the NFL, it's just starting to tip beyond the punters. Let's see. Let's just mm. see. And with the international we're, program we're now as well. The international yeah, program yeah. started here. I know it's here in the UK. I know it's going out to Germany. I know they're yeah, for Abada, you know what I mean? I know it's going out to Southeast Asia. I know the fact it's going to, it will be in Australia. I've been reading all I get some emails from the guys at the NFL UK have been talking about it. So the game is expanding. Hey, Nick, you never know. One day you might even get a regular season game down in Australia, my man. The game is growing that fast and that quick. That would be man. cool. I know that'll be awesome for you. I mean, we've heard whispers that the commanders might be back in London, Nick. So, hey, Ari, you, you offered us, mate. The invite is here for you, my friend. If you're ever over in London, mate, we, we've got you. But Freddie, Andy, let's do this all again next week, my man. Pleasure as always. And Nick, thank you so much, my man. Send our best to the boys. Send our best to your family and keep supporting the commanders all the way from down under, brother. Thanks, boys. No worries. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been another episode of The Bunker. Till next time, everybody. Freddie, I won't forget to say it. Bunker down and stay safe. <laughs>